Welcome to Common Ground Berlin, a talk show encouraging debate and a deeper understanding of hot-button topics in the German capital and beyond. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. Today we're going to talk about a topic that is near to my heart, living in Germany and not being able to vote here, even on local issues that directly affect me and my family. While I'm a legal and permanent resident of Germany, I'm not a German citizen, and the courts here have ruled non-citizens can't vote unless there is a change to the country's constitution. There is an exception, and that is if you are a European Union citizen who lives here. In that case, you can vote in local and EU elections. Germany is one of only a handful of countries in the bloc where non-citizens, except for EU ones, can't vote. Even in the United States, non-citizens can cast ballots in many municipal elections, such as for school boards in San Francisco. So is what Germany is doing right or fair? And what impact does that have on German democracy? Joining me in the studio to discuss these questions and more are Berta Del Ben of Democracy for All, an initiative seeking to expand voting rights in Berlin and beyond, Adetun Kripos Adebisi, who is here representing the Federal Conference of Migrant Organizations and who is also president of the Black German Culture, Media and Education Archive, Afrotech, and Jennifer Johnson, an American political rights activist in Berlin who used to be the Women's Caucus Chair for the Democratic Party of Wisconsin. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Let me start by asking all of you, can any of you vote in Germany? Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> so Adetun and Berta raised her hand, but not you, Jennifer, no. and not me. I'm sorry, go ahead. But yeah, but not all the things. Like, I can only vote on communal level and of European level. I can't vote on referendum and I can't vote for the federal um, German government. Okay, so. so you can vote as an EU citizen because exactly. you're Italian. You have an exactly. Italian passport. Adetun, you're a German citizen. That's why you can vote in all of the elections. I can vote in all of the elections. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be turning to you for a lot of questions today. Um, so so what kind of elections have you voted in and what difference do you think your vote makes than, let's say, a German who can trace their ancestry back in Germany generations? I think it means a lot for somebody like me that uh, was not a German citizen before. And um, it uh, means a lot also like to be a role model for other people in Germany, especially uh, people of African descent. It's getting a little bit easier, but we have went to uh, Ferda Hattemann. She's um, in charge of this discrimination office in Germany, and she's trying to help and try to move this issue forward and the PKMO is um, really, really tough in that matter, dealing and uh, handling and helping out. Coming from the history of Germany, it's never been like a ban. It's kind of like normalized um, like you can vote if your bloodline is German and then this is a little bit uh, of a change now with the European citizen that can vote and the next step is really to change the constitution and um, uh, have a new turn. <laughs> well, we'll talk more about some of the things that are underway um, in the second half of the show but before we do that, I wanted to ask Jennifer, should votes in German elections be reserved for German citizens or EU citizens? Why or why not? Well, I think it's really important to consider that um, a lot of people here in Berlin are paying taxes and they have a lot of concerns about the things that are going on around them. And if they're not able to have their voices heard by their elected officials in terms of their vote, 
it's less likely that their elected officials might take their concerns into consideration when they're casting their votes. And in fact, they might even blame people who live here for things that happen. I mean, what really set me off, I have to admit, was New Year's Eve when there was all this trouble in Berlin. And officialdom here was talking about the need to integrate foreigners more. Oh. That it is, <laughs> And it was like, really? Most of the people I've seen in my 11 years of living in Berlin uh, have been Germans who've been doing the fireworks that are illegal or throwing things in the subways or injuring people or sending all the birds fleeing from the city because of all the noise. But again, local officials don't feel they have to answer to those of us who can't vote. Uh, Beata, that brings me to you. I wanted to ask because uh, there's obviously a repeat of local elections that were ordered for February 12th after a court threw out the last results over voting irregularities. Nevertheless, more than 600,000 non-citizens still won't be able to vote here. So how do you think the outcome would differ if your initiative came to pass so that anyone 16 and over who has lived here for at least three years would be eligible to cast a ballot? Well, not only that, now because our initiative is going also for another uh, goal, which is trying to have voting rights that are not attached to the nationality. That's what we said, like every people that lives uh, three years in Germany should be able to vote here. And then it's your process, your personal process. If you feel like you want to have a citizenship, you have to have a citizenship. That's your business. And it would be great if you shouldn't have to go through that process of becoming a German citizenship in order to vote, because what we believe is that we live here and we should have our rights to say and to vote and to do what we want where we live right now. Of course, we can discuss if three years is good. It's the only the fact about uh, being here since a while. And I don't understand why are we still excluded from the major decision? And of course, it's not only that the result will change if people without voting rights, like in Berlin, we're talking about every fifth person that lives in Berlin. And the thing is that what we will change is the politics that the parties do. Because of course, at the moment, this topic of like um, violence or whatever, it's treated like this because the majority of the people, they can't vote. But if everybody could vote, then the party should have to propose laws that do really something against racism, against discrimination and really support things that at the moment is still like talking or profiling. Apart from some people are doing a great job. There are people who are in this last coalition who are proposing like the coalition of the government was proposing a change at the level of the Berlin and also a Bundesinitiative, so like an initiative at the level of, of the federal level, which didn't go through because they need a two third majority to do make in it happen. In the city's House of Representatives. In the right. House of Representatives in Berlin. And that didn't happen because the CDU, the FDP, the party, they all go together defending this national principle that it's really old. And it's really interesting that this is happening in Germany, that has the story that he has. And at the same time, one last thing, Berlin especially is a city that profits so much for being so progressive and open and full of people. And like I don't know what's happened in your experience, but I got sometimes people that say, I'm so happy that you as a person that is not from Germany, as a migrant, that you engage for rights. And then you don't give us voting rights. I'm a little bit tired that it's always the people who are the one that suffer under this condition that needs to fight for this. I know how it works in the story. We actually need to fight for a right. We are all women here. We have voting rights as women if we would be German in this case. But that also changed. Women didn't have voting rights before. Yes. And this is possible to change because we are 10 million people in Germany who can't vote. 
and still we are a minority. So that needs to, and I'm so happy that we're talking about this because this needs to go in the agenda of every party that calls themselves democratic. That should be in the agenda, voting rights for everyone. And it's really time that we do that. Well, it's unfortunate we don't have someone here who would talk more about the need to keep it for Germans only, that somehow it dilutes it, because I, I think it would be a more interesting conversation. Unfortunately, we couldn't get anybody like that to join us today. But let me ask you, Adetun, what impact does this citizen-only approach have on federal policies like immigration? What is it that's happening that would maybe be different if, as Beata says, 10 million more voices were able to cast ballots? I think the idea of diversity is what we are talking about here in Berlin. And we love that uh, we have this diversity in Berlin, but the right for this diversity has to be implemented. And um, of course, it's going to make a lot of differences also in the head of the people, because what happened in the Sylvester night is just... The reason what we have going on in Germany, this uh, idea of the person that is not blood German person is not really behaving right. They are the ones that are doing some faulty things. And I think this would really change a lot because going down on the streets uh, at Moabit and at Neukölln and Kreuzberg, I really see... A lot of this diversity implemented already and the food we eat daily is already not like just German food. So we are already living diversity because it's just also a category to say, uh, let's give the vote. But what does that mean? Am I going to have better access to job situation, to living situation and um, also the education situation? Or, you know, on university level, they're trying to say, okay, what is the experience we all have is a different kind of one to the German experience and why is it not part of the academia? And this is all the things that will change with it or will have to change with uh, having people like us all over voting. Jennifer, can Germany still be considered a successful democracy as the number of non-citizens residing in Germany without the right to vote grows? I mean, as Beata mentioned, we're talking about 10 million people across Germany and 600,000 or 800,000, depending on how you're counting here in Berlin alone. So what does that do to democracy? Yeah, I mean, I think Germany is a great example of a successful democracy. Um, if you look at the participation numbers in elections, it looks like up to 75% of people in Germany participated in the elections in 2021, which is an outstanding number compared to the U.S., where sometimes we have maximum 65% participation, and in our spring primaries, maybe 10% if we're lucky. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a representative democracy if you're not able to represent a fifth of the people who are living in the country and in the cities. Uh, that's uh, definitely some food for thought, you know, if you're talking about one in five here in Berlin and then a little less, I think, if you look at it across Germany, but still a growing number. And Germany has made it clear they need migration to support its economy, to support its social structure, you know, the pension system. All this, you know, is being paid into by everyone. It doesn't discriminate and say, okay, if you're here as a non-citizen uh, or as someone who's not from the EU, you don't have to pay into it. You do have to pay into it. So it's it's interesting. Beata, is uh, a change to Germany's basic law needed for non-EU, non-citizens to be able to vote? I mean, is that the hang-up, the biggest hang-up, you think? Yes and no, actually. It's actually written, the people vote. 
And in Berlin, we have this case of the Landesgesetz. There is written the German people, and so we have a problem. But in the federal constitution, it's the people. So what actually needs to be changed is actually the interpretation of who are the people. And this is cute, and, and already that happened. If we think about the case of um, marriage between people of the same sex, that changed without changing the constitution, because the word was e. And everybody understood before it's a man and a woman. But now we understand it can be two men, it can be two women. And the paper didn't change. It's just reality change. We change. And so we actually need to adapt this interpretation. And also I'm saying this because there has been two cases uh, from the constitutional level. How can we, if we can implement, I don't remember the years right now, but I know in both cases, the discussion at the low level was about the interpretation. So sometimes when I've been to the Abgeordnete House in Berlin to talk about our initiative, and then somebody said, no, but the discussion already happened at the level of the law, but it's something that happened in the 90s in Bremen. And I have a lot of respect for Bremen in the 90s, But it's 2023 and we can engage in a different conversation about what is actually the people. And of course, I know because I try to be optimistic and enthusiastic, but also try not to be naive. I know that if somebody is taking profit for the fact that not everybody can vote. And also, I also think another shift for me is important to underline. It's not really about how much you contribute, because I think today just existing and living here you don't really have to pay taxes to be here because you are here and it's still like saying that when you go i don't know if we're going to talk about it later but when you say about the process of the citizenship of having the citizenship is still linked to some money that you have or not and actually that's discriminating so i think everybody has the right to exist where they want to exist and where they can exist and therefore also to be able to choose and to vote here because we are here and we are already producing a lot, not in terms of money, in terms of exchange, in terms of culture, in terms of all this immaterial value kind of that that we are doing. And so therefore, actually, we should be get paid. <laughs> right. Well, okay, it's not quite the utopia that you're describing <laughs> or that you would like yet. But I'm wondering how many people or what percentage of Germans do you think support your initiative? Do you have a sense of how many people in Berlin or how many people across Germany would actually favor not only lowering the voting age, but expanding it to non-citizens who are not from the EU? Well, I don't have the general numbers, but I know that going on the street and collecting signatures, because to have this Volksinitiative, you go and ask the people for support. And actually, we managed to collect 25,000 signatures in three or four months. And we worked a lot to do that. The support was big, like we're talking about We have neighbors, families, Kita, uh, Erzieherinnen. Like there is so many people who don't know that there is so many people that don't have the right to vote because it doesn't look like, because of course it's not their problem, so they don't ask themselves about that. Well, But they can't even sign up for referendums. I mean, there was a uh, referendum, for example, for universal basic income. Most of the people in Berlin who would benefit from this or who would want this can't vote for it. Yeah, I, I'm part or of it. can't also. sign for it, I should say. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I so, so I'm also part of Deutsche Wohnen Co. Enteignen, which is a campaign for the expropriation of big landlords. And for us, it was very important to address the not validity of the signatures. And actually, we decide to collect all the signatures because the validity is something that the state does. And for us, every signature is valid because everybody is affected from the housing situation. And we had like 66,000 people who actually signed on their signatures wasn't was valid but not valid because of lack of German citizenship and this is of course very 
frustrating because if direct democracy is a way you can actually do something and change the politics, it's very frustrating to be the ones that are most suffering from something and not being able to take in part in an initiative that actually could change the landscape of it. And therefore, actually, I started to do it activism now because I found myself in a situation and said, okay, that can't be. <laughs> Let's change it. Do any of the three of you have an example of a country or countries where non-citizens have voting rights that you think should be emulated by Germany or could be emulated by Germany? That would be a better example for it than the one it's following now. That's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Chile has that. After five years of living in Chile, everyone can vote. And even in the national uh, elections, like for president of Chile or whatever. And everyone. Okay. And um, same. I don't know the specificity, but also in New Zealand is possible after one year. Of course, you need to do something and registering to vote is something, an option instead of having the the citizenship, because the problem is that, of course, you can't vote twice. So we need to kind of find a solution where everybody is identified, kind of. But registering could be an option. And also, I think, now that's other two examples for me. <laughs> what, well, let me ask Jennifer, what about the U.S.? Is this an example to be emulated or are voting rights, a, well, I mean, I know voting rights are an issue in the U.S. as well. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily consider the U.S. an example to be emulated um, in terms of non-citizen voting. But it has an interesting history where there was a lot of non-citizen voting up until about World War II, and then it started to be taken off the books. Um, By the end of the 90s, it was totally illegal for non-citizens to vote in federal elections. But there's no state laws that ban uh, non-citizens from voting in any of the states. However, there aren't any states that really allow non-citizens to participate, but there are some municipalities But then again, they're few and far between. So it's not something that's coming up regularly. um, And it's also a very partisan issue. So anyone who brings that up is considered to be, you know, trying to let foreigners come in and vote in the elections to try to sway the vote in their favor, rather than having the idea that it's opening up the democratic process and including more people in the voting process. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk in more detail about efforts underway to change voting rights for non-citizens in Germany. Stay tuned. Hello, this is Abby, presenter and co-creator of Berlin Briefing. Do you find yourself having trouble understanding the news of the Hauptstadt, usually presented in German? If so, Berlin Briefing can help. We curate local top stories and present them in an 8 to 10 minute podcast in English every Monday through Friday. You can find us at berlinbriefing.de or wherever you get your podcasts. Democracy. I'm Rachel Tausendfreund, one of the hosts of the German Marshall Fund's podcast, Out of Order. Join our conversations with leaders and experts on what the dark side of tech does to democracy, how the pandemic shapes geopolitics, and other topics of global order and disorder. You can find our episodes and miniseries at gmfus.org or wherever you find your podcasts. We are the German Marshall Fund of the United States, strengthening transatlantic cooperation since 1972. Welcome back to Common Ground Berlin, where we are talking about whether non-citizens in Germany should have the right to vote. 
I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, and I'm joined in the studio by Beata Delben of Democracy for All, Aratun Kirpaz Adebisi of the Federal Conference of Migrant Organizations and Afrotech, and Jennifer Johnson, an American political rights activist in Berlin and former Women's Caucus Chair for the Democratic Party of Wisconsin. In our second half, I'd like to address some of the plans underway that seek voting rights for 10 million non-citizens who aren't EU citizens. And we'll start with Beata. Besides your initiative, what can you tell us about what's being done to address their participation in Germany's democratic process? Well, our initiative is just one of many that happened. And it's like, I think as soon as there were migrant people in Germany active, there were people fighting for migrant rights and also fighting for voting rights. I was not there because I, I wasn't in Germany. But this um, fighting for migrant rights uh, was in the Turkish community. You came to work here, but also we have we are in Berlin and we had the Oplatz uh, movement of migrants who made a big effort of mobilizing and of uh, taking the street and saying, hey, we're also here. We want to have rights because we are here. And there are also um, different initiatives. For example, petition that are coming up. It feels like every time there is an election, there is an initiative that comes out saying, hey, by the way, what are we talking about if so many people can vote? What is this election? And for who is this election? And they always have this problem. And but at the moment, what is happening, I can say that there are some petitions that we can still sign and support, which one is Nicht ohne uns, 14 percent and Not without us, 14 percent Thank you. And the other one is Passt uns allen, which is pretty new, which means like Pass alle. And I don't know. Well, Passt uns, like it should fit us all. Yeah, it's like, but also pass for everyone. Oh, it's, I see. So it's yeah. a play on words. So it talks about yeah. passports for all or past ones, you know, does it fit us all? Exactly. And they are also, they are doing a step forward and say, not only we want to have this um, voting rights after three years of being in Berlin, but we also want uh, easier access to citizenship and also to abolish this dual citizenship that people can't have two citizenship if they get the German citizenship. It's like this last petition, like put it all together. And what is moving also, like there are some forces inside, I can also talk for Berlin, like a part of the government tried to propose an application to prove the legal possibilities of extending, of changing this right. Because at the level of Berlin, we have this German word that is still in there. But at the same time, I can claim to be German, what does it mean? Like, do I need to have a citizenship or do I need to speak the language? I don't know if it's a moral debate. It's, it's of course, a political debate to say, do we really need nationality to define ourselves today in this global world where everything is moving? That's a big question underneath, and that would be the step to do. Anyway, they did this to try to change um, this constitution, but that didn't pass because they need the two-thirds of the majority, and so that didn't happen, And which is a pity. Because well, how close did it get? Was it close um, to two-thirds or nowhere near it? No, I mean, the problem is that they needed the FDP to do that. And the, the Free FDP, Democratic Party, the which is the liberals here. And, yes, exactly. I had the sensation that they could maybe interested in approving, but then at the end of the day, they just like say, yeah, mm, let's think about it. And then they just like made the turn. And then they came out in the discussion in the parliament. They came out with the same frame of like, how do Auslander has the right to vote, which is kind well, of... Well, it's an identity question. I mean, this yeah. is a thing that every country, Germany is not the only one that struggles with it. I mean, even the United States, which is a land of immigrants, struggles with an identity question. Adetun, are there efforts that your conference is taking, uh, undertaking with regards to voting rights for non-citizens? Or what else are you aware of besides uh, the several that Beata talked about? 
Yes, we are like I'm aware of all what she talked about. We were part of those movements, and it's so interesting how it develops, especially here in Germany, and uh, especially the Bikram O is uh, in the Bundestag, and we went, as I said, to Feder Ataman, and she's really helping. We handed out this a uh, paper uh, where we uh, wrote together what we need to have in this uh, new. Oh Lord! So it's kind of like her telling us how we can move forward in the Bundestag, how we can um, have new other MP to talk to us to kind of help us uh, move this law forward, which is really interesting because it's kind of something they really decided on already, but they are not bringing it out. So it's us or again the activists, the NGOs, the political players in the local level that has to go f- um push it forward in you know like this global level and yes, I'm kind of hopeful this time around that it could be something progressive because it comes together with this uh participation gazette. So this is also like coming a long way where we address a lot of things so it's going to be like an impact to really uh, put things together on all these lines so we also have this decolonized um idea of berlin and it's also happening already in hamburg we were part of it as well so it's kind of like a lot of things moving together to really showcase that the idea of the colonization is something that is a global idea that has to be thought of not like inserting something that would decolonize but the whole system has to really change and be restructured if we don't change the whole system we will always be inserting really small little terms and try to to change a system that is really not based on the idea of the people that are in the country already as we've just noticed so um i hope that this is going to be like a turn and a change and um i'm welcoming it So some might argue what Adatun is proposing is a, is a revolution and Jennifer our country the United States was founded after a revolution that was sparked by taxation without representation. Are there any American led groups addressing American residents in Germany getting to vote in local or federal elections here? Or are the efforts that you're familiar with as a political activist mainly to get Americans to vote in US elections? So I'm not really familiar with any um efforts that are taking place to try to get Americans the right to vote here in Germany uh, but there are a lot of efforts to help Americans continue to cast their votes in American elections um so there's a lot of voter outreach to help people get registered to vote and to make their absentee ballot requests and then get their votes back to the US in time to be counted. Adatun, do you find that the federal traffic light coalition the ampel coalition as we say in german that they're more amenable to addressing voting inequities than the previous government under chancellor angela merkel or do you still feel it's like trying to bang your head against a wall i think i feel both angela merkel has addressed a lot of possibilities and steps before she left the office but um the ampel coalition i think is the only possibility we have now to get it done because it's kind of like saying we have all the part of politics together 
and all the thoughts, all of the thinking, uh, and we can have it done at this level. And I'm really hoping, crossing your fingers, <laughs> crossing <laughs> my fingers, and uh, and I hope uh, they will do it. And we are going to be like really hard on them, and we are always like anywhere they are and catching them up and giving them this paper we've written and uh, making sure that they really put it in their speeches and that they put it in their terms. And uh, this is like a big chance, I think, for all of us to really get in the picture. And uh, it's just like the beginning. So looking forward Beata, what progress has been made, if any, in setting up a federal council initiative? There was supposed to be a federal council to address state and local voting rights for foreign uh, residents of Germany. Is there any progress toward that? or Not that I'm aware of, unfortunately. Maybe I'm not aware of. That's also possibly the case. But it was like in this application I was talking about at the Berlin level, there was also the initiative that Berlin actually should take action and go into the Bundesrat, which is the council of the of the federal council, because we need all the states, right? So that happened a little bit when there was election in NAW, Nordrhein-Westfalen. There was also some mobilization and actually would be great to have more power from the people like every time and the problem is that like how can we keep this up after the election are done i mean we are now lucky for just making a joke in berlin we get to vote every year so we can talk about voting rights every year <laughs> nice actually it would be great not to just make it addition only for election that's also a problem i have with the german politics with the parties like apart from some people who are really involved in this everybody comes to a panel to talk about voting rights two weeks before the election or two months and then they forget about it for four years and then we here we go again i don't know if it's an initiative at the level of the Bundesrat is what we need. But I think what, what we need, what everybody needs, not only we as people who can't have full right of votes, but also people who have the right of votes, so actually they also need everybody to vote, is that we kind of try at every level. We have this system, so we actually we should try at the Landesebene, at the Bundesebene, in the Bundesrat. I don't care where it's going to go forward. We just need to get it done, but we need all the people to do it. We need definitely more people than our work that we are doing as people that are uh, affected from the issue. Do any of you think that Brussels should become more involved in whether non-citizens in Germany and the rest of the EU have a vote? Because this is supposed to be a European block of states that follow in general the same human rights and the same laws, even though everyone retains their individual constitutions and the like. But is it something that, let's say, if Germany were to fix the problem, then you still have other countries that have a different rule. I mean, should it be consistent across the board? And would you welcome Brussels being more involved? And I don't know who wants to answer that. I throw that out to all three of you. I can try. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The American. That's right. Here we go. So, All right. So I'm not going to pretend to be an expert about EU policy uh, and the policymaking process, but I do think that there are some good examples of non-citizen voting within the EU, such as in Switzerland, where I think 40% of municipalities allow non-citizen voting. And I think that the EU can make recommendations to the rest of the member states so they can show where non-citizen voting is allowed and how it's affecting the communities and how it benefits people within those communities to have their voices heard. And then other member states can use those examples to help affect change within their local jurisdictions. Do you you ladies agree? 
Yes, I think it's something that has to be addressed like worldwide because you, as you say, we can't have it here in Germany and have it there and then it's still missing. So we have so to make it a United Nations. We effort. have <laughs> to do that. We have to really address the idea of having people that they don't have possibilities, that they are poor, that they are being racially attacked, that they are refugee in the country for years, especially here in Germany. And these are things that has to change. So if you don't have like your paper in Germany, so you won't be able to vote. So that's also the idea. So you should stay three years here to be able to vote or should you have this amount of taxes being paid in that you can vote. So we have to really think of people in that case and say we have people and they have experience and they have knowledge and they have like also education from the country they can bring and kind of put it together and we can use it. But just um, hiding them away or locking them up in such kind of camps and uh, reading their story 10 years and they still don't have any kind of same permit. So um, I think this is something we have to address like globally and uh, make a movement. I'm ready. <laughs> Should there be some sort of minimum requirement, though, that people living here speak German? I think somebody brought that up earlier. And then let's say understand the way the laws work here. Sort of like a, there's a citizenship test, for example, that you have to take to become a citizen. Should there be something like that for voting or should it just be open to everyone? I think it should just be open for everyone because everyone is living here and everyone needs to have a right not uh, when you have a certain ah, whatever uh, income or you have a certain uh, passport uh, situation or you've been living here for how long or you're a refugee or not refugee. I think we have to just uh, limit all these categories to level it down and just be able to see that we're dealing with human beings and that they have rights and they have knowledge and they have a lot to put into the society and we can really prosper all of us from it. This is the easiest format is to respect um, people's life and uh, give them the possibility to live and be part of the community and go on with uh, a new culture that is not maybe this uh, German culture, but we can also embrace the German culture much more if the German culture, um, you know, just um, welcome the people as human beings. So I think it's kind of time now that we uh, wake up. Last question, and I would ask that you keep your answer short so we can keep to time. When, if ever, do you see non-citizens without EU passports getting the right to vote here in Berlin or elsewhere in Germany? And will it be a general or gradual transition where you're talking about local voting first that then eventually moves up to federal? Or is it just, uh, do you think there's going to be a mass change? And I'll start with Jennifer. We'll just go around the table here. It doesn't look like it's on the horizon. Um, I think the closest option is uh, the dual citizenship laws that seem to be under discussion, but it also seems like those don't really have as much um, strength to them as we'd like them to have. And so until, you know, these changes can be made, until people are more receptive to these changes, I think it's unlikely um, that it'll happen anytime in the near future. Beata? Yeah, I would like to see it all fall down in one <laughs> go. I like to go. I would like that at some point we're mature enough to say, hey, 
everybody, I couldn't have said better what you just said before about the test, like every criteria will reproduce a kind of level of discrimination. The only risk I see, I don't see risk, but it's like kind of, okay, if somebody just stays two months, maybe it's not the right place to decide what's happening on the street. You leave in only two months, you need to kind of know the place. But I think three years could be good. And I think that's the only criteria that I will think and I really don't see why because uh, it's just because I have privilege and I'm lucky that I come from Europe and I can vote the BVV and at the same time this communal level it's not in charge of a lot of issues that affect my life and I don't see what's the difference between us why I can vote you can't but it's like another issue we have is like how do we share participation for the people who are not familiar with that and is not in their experience because of history because of other things so it's not that giving voting rights to everybody will make everybody active into politics that's we need to work and the paradox is that the german uh, politics are making a lot for participation for migrant people for anti-discrimination so they are recognizing the situation from that point but they don't give voting rights so that's the consequential step and don't be afraid <laughs> of this there's no so, reason so Adatuna, i want you to quantify or give me a time frame for what she's talking about is this something that's going to happen you think soon in your lifetime or are we going to be talking about this for a long time to come? I think in my lifetime though. <laughs> it's going to happen in my lifetime and I think it's something also um, for the new elected ample. The, the, the traffic light coalition. Yes, yeah. they want to kind of make a difference. They want to set something up for their time and I think this is something they can really use to say, okay, We really changed something substantially in Germany. And I really deeply believe that this is something they really need to happen because we have so much categories of who is in Germany, who is migrant, who is a refugee, who is going to get the stay permit so that they will give to the normal migrant people that are here three years, five years, whatever they're going to decide on so that this is already differentiated because the fight for the refugees is going to be another level and it's going to take a, a different turn and uh, possibility. So I think it's going to be in our lifetime and we are all um, ready for it. That's our show for today. I'd like to thank Berta Delben of Democracy for All, Adetun Kripos Adebisi of Afrotech, and the Federal Conference of Migrant Organizations, and political rights activist Jennifer Johnson for appearing on Common Ground Berlin. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for thank having you. us. It was very nice. Thank you, Soray. And thank you for listening to our podcast. Our senior producer is Dina El-Sayed. Our social media editor is Stefano Montali, and I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. Common Ground Berlin is funded by a grant administered by the German Ministry for Economic Affairs and Climate Action. And our partner is the German Marshall Fund of the United States. All of our episodes are available wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at CG Berlin Podcast. We'd love for you to write us a review if you are on Apple or subscribe to and rate our podcast on Spotify. You can also check out past episodes on our website, commongroundberlin.com.